The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Hi and praise the Lord everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign of the roof of the temple of Jesus coming soon a landmark in Cali for over 90 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hunt Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience. Saints, wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today we celebrate across the nation all fathers, fathers-in-law, soon-to-be fathers and adoptive fathers, and even fathers who are no longer with us. They are and were our role models, comforters, advisors, friends, and even personal financiers. But the greatest father of all is our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. He knows all and sees all. 
Our church choir under the direction of Emilia Han will sing for us this wonderful song entitled Father's Eyes. Accompanying them will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen.
The heavens above and the earth below all belongs to Jesus. The trees, the mountains, the animals, the birds of the air, and even the seas around us were all created by Him. Therefore, as much as we love this earth, which we are blessed to live in, we should appreciate and love our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, even more than His creations. The talented members of our church band under my direction will play for you this wonderful tune entitled, This Is My Father's World.
As true born-again believers, we use the Word of God as our shield and our buckler, our teacher and instructor, as words to comfort and as words to heal. It gives guidance and it gives inspiration. All of this and more can be found in the prayer in Matthew 6, 9. It encompasses all that we as children of the Lord should do to continue our daily walk with Him. Listen as our soloist, trusty associate pastor, Evans Brooks Sr., sings his uplifting song entitled, The Lord's Prayer. Accompanying him will be Associate Pastor Marvin Ebbing on the bass, Mason Asano Sr. on the guitar, and yours truly on the piano. Our Father Which art in into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not 
into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the The simplest things in life are often free. The air we breathe, the sky's beauty, the roaring oceans, the majestic mountains, and the carefree spirit of the birds in the air. All this and more was given to us by our Lord Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ. Listen closely as the church choir describes the world Jesus intended for us to have in this encouraging and inspirational song entitled, This Is My Father's World.
In this sin-cursed, devil-may-care world, we are often tested and tried to our limits. We seek out solutions and options, a means of escape, and try desperate measures, but nothing seems to help. However, there is a simple answer, the best answer, which is Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lenin here, our trombone ensemble play for us this beautiful song entitled, The Father Knows. Thank you. 
To close the music portion of our telecast will be the Jubilees, under the leadership of Emilia Hahn, to sing for us the heartwarming and moving song entitled, His Amazing Grace. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful number to a well-deserving couple in the Lord. They are Associate Pastor and Mrs. Ronald P. and Terlin Hahn Jr. of Oahu, Hawaii. You can find them working in all facets of the gospel wheel, giving up their time and talents to the Lord. Truly, your work will not go unrewarded. May Jesus continue to bless you both most abundantly in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. My social pastor, Jose Agenda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, station, and locations in the Canales for our viewing audience, especially if any plan to visit Arizona, California. This telecast and I'll view every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13, in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13, in Mount Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. 
of 728 on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 on station KOTR TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 on station KCY, channel 19 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 on station KLSR, channel 34 News in Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30, for Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGVI-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And for 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our cable on God to say telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org and our concerning scheduled gospel services here in Homestead, Hawaii. Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and for the healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer services are daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kambiki branch church located at 1361 Poland Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule observed by neighbor brand churches. The service is all conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaner Sr. in Kanakai, Molokai, Pastor Kenneth M. Berry in Nahinamari, Pastor Walter I. T. Law in Hilo, Hawaii, Pastor Landon Kawai Asano Sr. in Koloko, Hawaii, Pastor Helen Mastrona in Bogolo, Hawaiian, and Pastor Vesper in Presos, Kutubati, Minnow, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church relations. There are no collections. Have you desired to volunteer to continue to support the power telecast in the Lord's work? You may do so by sending your donations and address designated at the conclusion of telecast. And I would like to return our program head back to Head Pastor Billy Hunt Jr., who will bring forward his spirit directed and spirit invited sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Z. These weekly telecasts are especially significant to us because they allow us the opportunity to come into your homes and share the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you at the push-pull or return of a button and in the comfort of your surroundings. May the Lord bless you for taking this time to draw closer to Him by reading the Word of God with me and receiving today's sermon entitled, Honor Thy Father. Today is Father's Day, a day when fathers throughout the land are being honored. Our scripture text for this morning begins in Malachi 1.6. A son honoreth his father, a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Said the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name, and he say, Wherein we have despised thy name? Since the beginning, when he sinned and turned in, man chose to leave the presence of God. Thusly, man has lost the image, that holiness he was created in, and has since been unable to recognize just who God the Father is. In the current life, a son honoreth his father by being obedient. In the spiritual life, we honor our Father in heaven by yielding unto him. However, the fear of the Lord had come to be despised, and many are polluting his name as opposed to paying homage to it. The children of Israel called him our father, but yielded him no obedience or respect. Reading Isaiah 63, 16, Doubtless thou art our father, though Abraham be ignorant of us, and Israel knowledge us not. Thou, O Lord, art our father, our redeemer. Thy name is firm everlasting. We are the clay, and our father in heaven the potter, and we are the work of his hand. The inference here is that we are related to God through the creation. A similar reference is found in Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. And in Malachi 2, 10, have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? 
The Jews in the eighth chapter of John, the 41st verse, confess to Jesus, ye do the deeds of your father. Then said to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Additionally, Jesus responded, verily, verily, I say unto thee, before Abraham was, I am. According to the Bible, Jesus is the origin, the source of life, the creator. Therefore, he is God the Father. Jesus is the first and the last, as we read in Isaiah 44, 6 and 8. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, I am the last, and besides me there is no God. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from the time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God, I know not any. John the Beloved, who was carried away in the Spirit, heard the voice of Jesus declaring, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. If you were to ask me who is the Almighty, I would unhesitantly and without reservation confidently respond, He is Jesus, and that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus tells us of His return as we read in John 14, 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. This declaration by Jesus has been a comfort to every true born-again Christian throughout the centuries, for indeed the Lord has pledged that He will personally return for His own people. Through the Apostle Paul, we know that the church is not an organization, but an organism, because it is the body of Christ. Hence, the church is animate and full of life. It is a heavenly calling to be in that body, the church, and through promise be destined to abide forevermore with God the Father when Jesus comes again. The Word of God comforts God's people in these troublesome times, but telling us that all shall not sleep, that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and the living saints shall be changed and caught up to meet the Lord in the air at His return. This is what Paul referred to when he spoke of mortality putting on immortality and corruption putting on incorruption. A greater emphasis is placed upon the oneness of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, as Isaiah writes in 9.6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Consular, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yes, television viewers, there is only one true God, and He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, who is above all. We can verify this in Ephesians 4, 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are calling the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Jesus said, Call no man your Father upon earth, for one is your Father which is in heaven. False truths plague the Christian world today, preventing many from finding the truth. Jesus is the Godhead and the only person in the Godhead. Therefore, He is the Father, no matter what traditional theology teaches. We read in Acts 17, 29 to 31, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we are not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven, carved by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent because he had appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he had ordained. Whereof he had given assurance unto all men in that he had raised him from the dead. Thus we see that we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Paul, in the midst of relentless persecution, boldly declared the deity of Jesus Christ. Just imagine the conversion which took place within the heart of Paul. He was a learned man, a Pharisee, a lawyer, a Roman citizen, and yet he had a greater desire to leave these earthly things that he might learn Christ, and even so, God the Father. Let us read in Acts 28, 24 But we that is the Jews desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. This is very true today of all the accusations men against the oneness movement, which is nothing new, but which was preached by Jesus himself. 
And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. As Paul proved to those that will hear how Jesus fulfilled the scriptures and that he was fulfillment of prophecy and the Messiah, the question is, have you found out who Jesus is and have you been identified with him? The Bible makes it clear and plain that the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. In Acts 2.38, Peter declared the keys of the mystery of the godliness as he himself was filled with the Holy Ghost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It may be the first time you have heard this scripture, or you may have even rejected it. In either case, how can you reject the name of Jesus in an operation necessary for salvation and crucial to the saving of the soul? The scriptures enlighten us as Jesus did with Nicodemus when he spoke the following words found in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water means to be a minister of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ by immersion in water. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in tongues or in unknown language, which is the only Bible evidence of receiving the true Spirit of God. We who have been born again became complete in Him when we were buried with Him in baptism. And as you have just heard, baptism is very essential to every individual's salvation. I refer to Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. In the scripture, 1 Peter 3, 21, we are told by the apostle, the like figure one to even baptism doth now also save us, not to putting away the filth of flesh, but an answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Entering God's family through the new birth is something of which Jesus spoke in his conversation with Nicodemus. Even though this Pharisee was a deeply religious man dedicated to the study of the obedience to the law of God, it was necessary for him to be born again into God's family. Man cannot bring about this new birth by his own efforts any more than a baby can cause his own conception and ultimately its physical birth. Rebirth is something that God initiates and completes. It results in a change of status. Apart from this spiritual rebirth, man remains outside of God's family, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Today, Jesus is leading many sons into glory. Do you want to be among them? Simply accept Jesus Christ as your heavenly Father. Read of another pronouncement in John 10:30. I and my Father are one. This scripture amplifies the fact that there is only one embodiment and not three, as many erringly profess today. The name Jesus being both the Father's name and the Son's name is therefore the legal name of the Godhead. There is salvation in no other name. Thus Peter declared in the moment subsequent to Pentecost, as we learn in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Remember that as you submit yourself to these scriptures, you are not joining a church, but rather keeping God's commandments as they were intended to be and becoming a member of the body of Christ of which Jesus is the head. In defense of Jesus only and of the apostolic faith church and of the faith of the apostles, let us go to the Bible for the answer and allow God to be true and every man a liar. Now here is the question, how do I take on the family name? Let's look at the Jewish child who upon the eighth day gets its name following circumcision. We read in Romans 2, 28-29, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision that is of the heart and in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. In other words, we become spiritual Jews, but how are we circumcised in the heart? 
By baptism, of course. And the answer is found in Colossians 2, 11 to 12. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. Therefore, when we are baptized according to Acts 2.38, we take on the family name. Paul tells us in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The question arises, must, why must we be baptized in the name of Jesus? The answer or reason is quite simple. It is the name of the Godhead. In Matthew 28.19, we read, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, not names, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Yes, that only saving name is Jesus, and until one has acknowledged that name through water baptism, one has not yet been saved. Listen to Luke 24, 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name, that is Jesus, the name of God, among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And may I further add, it began on Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Yes, Jesus was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God was manifesting the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Listen as you read from 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifesting the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Yes, we carry on the faith of the apostles, and as they baptize converts in the name of Jesus, so must we continue to do so in these closing times. There is no record in the Bible from Genesis to Revelations where anyone was ever baptized in the titles of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. If it didn't make any difference, why did the apostles baptize only in the name of Jesus? And why don't we, who have the authority of the for healing, do so in the titles? The answer is because all power is in the name of Jesus. You may be asking yourself, what of the Father? Aren't we denying Him? Aren't you denying Him? When we use the name of Jesus, we are not slighting the Father, but giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. Examine the Scriptures, look in God's Holy Word, and you will find that the baptism in the name of Jesus is the only correct formula for this lost and dying world. When we baptize in the name of Jesus, we are fulfilling Matthew 28, 19. If one accepts the titles as the correct way, one has yet to find Jesus and to acknowledge Him as the only and true God. We hear people say that they have been born of the Spirit, but the Lord said you have to be born of water and of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost will not remit your sins, but the name of Jesus will. The complete saving experience is found in Acts chapter 10 when the house of Cornelius was filled with the Holy Ghost upon hearing the wonderful works of God. And then Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Others have said you can be baptized any way you so desire, either by sprinkling, pouring, or by immersion. However, this is not being obedient to God's Word. Listen to Romans 6, 3, 4. Knowing not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Therefore baptism signifies the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whosoever denied the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledged the Son hath the Father also. As you can see, our concern is that through the Scriptures you will find His righteousness and true holiness and subsequently eternal life. On this Father's Day, a brief portion of my sermon is especially meant for the young children, all the teenagers. Thusly, adults and young adults, let us read in Ephesians 6, 1-3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. To honor one's parents is well-pleasing in the sight of God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 22, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. 
Yes, young people, respect and honor your father when he's old and gray. Your parents are never too old to be respected, and you are never too old to render respect. As a reminder, God's Word tells that white or gray hair is a crown of glory and a thing of beauty in all old men. It should command respect and honor from you. Grandchildren are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Father's Day should not be observed just one day of the year, but every day. I now direct my statements to all parents who are charged with grave responsibility of raising children. We read in Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And the best way to train and instruct a child is by example. A family that prays and goes to church together stays together. Paul admonishes all fathers in Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In other words, fathers should not provoke their children to anger, lest they be discouraged and go astray as many are doing today. Fathers must correct their children and discipline them when needed. And sometimes it may require a rod to help children understand. We read in Proverbs 23, 13 to 14, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with a rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. The body may hurt temporarily, but the soul will be spared because of the effort. Fathers correct the children because fathers possess a deep and sincere affection for the children. Now the question arises, should I force my child to go to Sunday school and church? Without a doubt, the answer is yes, and with no further discussion about the matter. Are you going to let him wait and decide what church he'll attend when he's old enough? The building of Christian foundations begins in the home because the world is full of violence, sin, and unbelief. I'm sure you didn't wait until you were old enough to go to church. Furthermore, parents do not normally wait until a child is old enough to decide whether he wants to go to school or not to start his education. A question that often comes to mind is, what shall I say when Junior announces he doesn't like to go to Sunday school? And church, that's an easy one to answer. Simply the journey in our house, we all go to church and Sunday school. And that includes you. Your firmness and example will remove the youthful rebellion in the child's heart. As the late J. Edgar Hoover once said, and I quote, the parents of America can strike a telling blow against the forces which contribute to our juvenile delinquency. If our mothers and fathers will take their children to Sunday school and church regularly. And that television viewers is the best way to train up a child upon the word of God. Until our next telecast, this is your host, head pastor, Billy Hahn Jr. Expressing with sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. And now, bringing our program to a close, will be the church band playing that uplifting number entitled, I Love Him Better Every Day. 
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.